Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Swell Suite, everybody. Happy Wine Wednesday. So before we get started with this episode, I wanted to give a big shout out to Leslie Freelo, who is a 100% entrepreneur as of last Friday. So Leslie is Vino 301, the wine concierge. She is all wine every day right now. And a big congrats to her. And she can focus all of her time and energy on her on her passion, which is delivering great wine to great people. Now on to our episode. Our special guest today is Gerald Cole of Off the Rocks Wine and Beer. Gerald and his wife Ty, they wanted to open up a high-end wine and beer shop in their neighborhood on the east side of Baltimore that they would like. And that's exactly what they did. Listen to their story. Let me know what you think. Cheers. <laughs> did you guys get to enjoy the long weekend? Yeah. Yes. Oh, awesome. Yes. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Yes. Yeah. What about you? Oh, it's no, it's no enjoying any holidays, right? Uh... We're, we're, we're at the shop. Um, you know, holidays is good for us, though. So, yeah, it's, it's not a bad thing to work. It's just that it's not a conventional nine to five. Right. So, yeah. 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 <laughs> Leslie, how you doing? I am good. I can agree with him as a full time <laughs> Yes, full-time entrepreneur. There's no holidays in my lifetime. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you, you create your own holidays, right? <laughs> it's a holiday right now. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so Leslie, how does it feel? I still have PTSD. I think I'm going to have it for mm. a while. Mm. Okay. Because mm-hmm. I have that um, Sunday evening angst that, yes. oh, Get everything I wanted to get done and I got to get it done before I, you know, log into work. And then I realized, I was like, you don't have to log into work. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, Le- Le- Leslie, what did you, what did you, uh, what are you doing? Um, what's your business? I have a, a wine tourist business and I also have an online wine store. Oh, that's phenomenal. Congratulations. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. 100%. <laughs> Heck yeah. Oh man, that's so awesome. Oh, heck yeah. um, so we already then jumped in the conversation. I like where it's going. So Gerald, introduce yourself to everybody. Yeah. Uh, yep. Like Saria said, my name is Gerald Cole. Um, I'm a native of Baltimore, Maryland, and I'm the owner of Off the Rocks Wine and Beer in the Southeast Baltimore neighborhood. And uh, we've been open for three years now. We completed three years in September and uh, we can't complain. It's been, it's been a, a dream come true. Um, and we're just trying to keep rocking and rolling. Girl, I just sent somebody your way yesterday. Oh, phenomenal. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, they, um, were, they were coming into town and they wanted to do a wine tour and we didn't have any space available. And I was like, well, there's this Black-owned place in Baltimore because they were staying in Baltimore. So, Oh, that's, that's, that's awesome. It's a pleasure to meet you. I oh, 100%. <laughs> Clockwise, guys. Pleasure to meet all you guys. I met Sarita... Uh, at the philosophy um, mm-hmm. um, wine tasting, which was awesome. Those girls are phenomenal, women are phenomenal. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I mean, we've been, we've been open for three years, right? And I think that we, we're just starting getting some, like, I guess, press in, 
and notoriety, I think. Um, I think it's coming genuinely, though, right? I think that uh, we've been doing all the dirty work. We've been rocking out as a, as a new retail shop, uh, focusing on community and just digging in, digging in, digging in, right, as a brick and mortar. And um, I think year three, people was just like, oh, it's a really cool wine shop. Let's, let's talk to those guys, you know, so and so and so. I mean, that's great because we didn't really push to be on, you know, I guess Front Street as a retailer, right? But um, I think genuinely people, uh, you know, maybe a friend told a friend mm-hmm. or, or maybe uh, Instagram came across or, mm-hmm. um, or, or whatever, right? And I think, that's, I think that's what the great thing about business is that um if it happens genuinely it's just it feels that much better yeah i learned about you guys from um de asia from the bad and boozy podcast and you know she's mm. a, uh she's from baltimore as well and she always shops there and she posts on instagram a lot about you guys so that's how i found out about you that's phenomenal right yeah. i mean that's I, I think that's exactly what it is word the mouth um mm-hmm. and people are expressing uh you know if they feel good about something you're expressing it if you feel bad about something you're expressing it um, but it's genuine, right? Yeah. So I think that um, we really appreciate everybody's, you know, support of the shop because it's not a new thing. And, and, and Leslie, I, I think you probably can contest to this, is it's not uh, a normal thing for people to just jump out um, and, you know, like I said, full-time entrepreneurship. We opened up a shop and I was 28. My, my wife was 25 and we had, at the time, two kids, mm. right? So it was like, it's like, yo, this... This is, is this is a great idea to do a brand new store. So in Baltimore, you don't have usually you don't have brand new shops opening up, right? Because the city is not giving out new liquor licenses. Usually, you have to purchase a store from somebody, mm. right? Um, and if it's a sorry, I was gonna say, can you speak to that? Because I don't think people realize how difficult it is to get a liquor license in Baltimore. I mean, in Maryland, in general. I but- had no idea. Yeah, yeah, no, it's real. And I, I think, and, and, and truly, guys, I can only speak on Baltimore City, right? Because that's where I do business at. Um, I know a little bit about the surrounding counties, but I, I know more about Baltimore because we, 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 used, we used to, that's all we were doing. We were like figuring this stuff out. We were going to liquor, liquor board hearings, like random liquor board hearings. It's like going to a, uh, a trial, right? And you're not invited, right? It's just, you go to somebody's trial and you're just sitting in listening to what's going on. That's what we did for liquor board hearings. And um, so, but Leslie, what you were saying, so it is difficult because Baltimore does not give out new liquor licenses for retail. For right? retail, I mean, but they give them for, out for like restaurants and wine bars. Is that what you're saying? Co- co- correct. So for restaurants, they, they Baltimore created, I don't know if I'm getting in too detailed, it might bore you guys, but. Oh no, not at uh, all. <laughs> Baltimore, uh, you know, decided, um, I don't know when they decided, but uh, I think prevalent, like 2017, Hopkins came out with a, with a study that said liquor establishments, like retail, is a direct correlation to violence, right? Mm-hmm. And then I think when that happened, it kind of like blew up, you know, the liquor establishments, the retail in Baltimore. And, you know, at one point in time, I'm just jumping around, guys, but Baltimore was the number one per capita to uh, liquor establishments, right, in the, in the country, right? So you had so many liquor stuff. You had bars, restaurants, retail. I mean, so like every corner. You can drive down the main street and whatever main street you want to do in Baltimore, there's a liquor store in every corner or mm-hmm. a bar in between those things, right? So it was a lot. And what that study happened, when that study came out, 
it kind of gave, and that was from Hopkins, it kind of gave the liquor board and zoning initiative to say, hey, we got to get rid of some of these stores. So they shut down over a hundred liquor stores in Baltimore city within a couple of years. Mm. Right. So that's tough. So within the midst of that, we became, became about, right. We came about. So we, we, uh, we, we opened up in 2018. Right. And, um, and we opened up a store. We purchased a license from, from a restaurant that was close to like Fells point area. And which is the same legislation district as, as us. And we brought the license to our neighborhood. Um, they granted it. It was on the main street. They granted it uh, for us to, to operate. And, um, and so we're, we're on-premise uh, consumption and off-premise, um, you know, packaged goods as well. Um, but we allow people to drink um, inside the store. And outside the store, we have tables as well. We do tastings. So it's a hybrid, right? When it's not like you're, packaged goods, uh, traditional Baltimore liquor store. We're much more than that, right? We're a little bit of, uh, I guess, wine bar-esque in retail, right? Um, I think that uh, that gave us the ability to be here and, uh, that, and that's why we've been here, right? Um, but it, it is very difficult because usually in Baltimore, you bought something, you bought something old from someone or it changed hands and you already have somewhat of a customer base built in we had to start from scratch, right? Mm. We had to start from scratch early on. I mean, you're talking about, you know, first few weeks, you know, a couple customers coming in the door. No one knows that we're here, right? We, we, we're not we're not shooting out money for promo. We're not, you know, we're not reaching out to news. Or we just was like, look, we're going to build this thing from the ground up. And when that person does come in, that will be a customer, that will be a loyalty customer, a loyal customer here. They'll say like, all right, this is the space for me because we didn't rush it. We didn't we didn't go out and, and seek attention um, until the space was like the space, right? We're we're trying to be the best, not only in the city, but the best on the East Coast, the best in the country, right? We're we're trying to do this retail thing at, at the highest peak. I mean, this is what we're trying to do, um, and we're not apologetic about that. And um, we're we're obviously we're not there yet, but we're definitely making strides towards it, right? Some of the our, our favorite retailers um, up and down the East Coast. We, we look at them, we follow them, we, 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 we see what they're doing and how they're doing it. And we're like, hey, if we want to get here, we have to do this, right? We got we to gotta make the effort to find the most exclusive wines. We got to make the effort of finding the most exclusive beers. We got to make the effort of bringing great quality product to Baltimore. And that's what we're doing, right? But it'll take some time, but that's what we're striving for. You, you answered, um, hi, I'm Glennis. Um, How's it going, know, Glennis? Yeah. It, uh, fine. You, you kind of answered the question I was going to ask you. One, I was going to ask, uh, what did you do to have to, how did you differentiate yourself from that package good corner store? Um, mm -hmm. that, that was going to be one, and you kind of answered that. Um, but the other question was, and you, you touched on it, is how, are you specializing in any particular um, varietals or any types of beers? Are you just doing local beers? Um, just give us a little bit of background on what's actually, what you're actually carrying in the store. Yeah, yeah, a couple of great questions. I can elaborate as well on, on both of those questions. Um, so me and my wife, we're from East Baltimore, right? And if, if anybody knows East Baltimore, anybody knows inner city Baltimore, that uh, the, the liquor stores, are you know 
let's let's just throw a number out there 75 80% bulletproof glass right shorties and 40s um you know you, you can't get a decent bottle of wine most of these places you can't get a decent six pack most of these places and and, and not to knock them right because that's the way they're making a living but that's not where I came about in this industry that's not exactly what I consume as a beverage drinker right as an alcohol beverage drinker so um how we uh differ from those guys that we truly built it for for us personally right for me and my wife what we like right what we do how we feel comfortable i don't shop anywhere where really i can't even shake the person's hand right i, th I think that's a, a a big disrespect point in our communities i think that if you don't have the decency of trusting me that i won't rob you or you know, I, you know you're not in fear of your life right um i, I don't shop in those places i don't go to, i will drive past thousands of gas stations and I have a gallon of gas left if there's bulletproof glass there. And I know that's there for a reason. And again, this is how people make their money, how they're living. But me personally, I won't go there. So I didn't want it something that, that we start, that we create for people to feel isolated and say, oh man, he, it's a bulletproof glass in front of uh, Gerald, man. He won't even shake my hand. Yeah, I don't even know, you know who that guy really is, right? It's a personability that we wanted to show. Um, so that's how we differ in, in staying true. We, we're not, you know, uh, I think retail in general, and that's any retail, you kind of, uh, you kind of create product or, or, or uh, your portfolio of what your customer base will be. Technically, we're not doing that, right? We're literally, <laughs> we're really stocking the shelves of what we truly like and believe in, right? And then we tell our coworkers or, you know, our employees that, hey, um, try this out. We always try things out. Hey, you can try this. And if you really like it, you can really sell it. Right. So we're not just stocking the shelves or stuff that just, that is going to move in volume. Right. We're, we're trying to move volume of things that we actually love or like. Right. Um, so that's the first question. And then the second, uh, what was the second question? Remind me one more time, please. Well, I, the first question was I asked, how did you differentiate yourself mm -hmm. from the corner bodegas? Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and the second was, um, tell us what's in the store. Like oh, some yeah. of the favorite varietals, the beers, are they local? Are they craft? That oh, type yeah. of carrying black wine makers, uh -huh. wines, that type of stuff. Oh, yeah. So we, we definitely, I guess you can categorize us as a specialty shop. I don't like the word boutique. I think when people think of boutique, they think small. They're like, oh, you're small, you don't have anything, right? So I, I think like a specialty shop, right? I think that we specialize in uh, tons of craft beer, micro brews, and we definitely love the, the focus of local. But uh, at this point, you can almost get anything across the country, right? So we, 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 we have, we have uh, nine doors of beer, like door coolers of beer in the shop. And uh, we have for 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 th each door. So for three doors, we have it's like geographically West Coast to East Coast. So that's starting with like California, Washington State, Oregon, and then we're working our way down to Florida in that section of beers. And then we have a whole local Maryland section where we specialize in like the DMV, right? But we add Delaware in that as well. Um, and then we have like a specialty like like, like ready to drink cocktails seltzers which is a big thing now 
And then we still have the, the, your, your normal domestic, your butt like your Budweiser and your Stella's and international beers as well. Um, wine wise, oh, we, we just get funky, right? We, we, we find like the coolest wines you, you, you can see, right? I mean, from, uh, from local wineries that we love, uh, from across the country, across the world. I mean, we, we kind of categorize it on the wine wall as like light, medium, full bodied. And that, that can go into, you know, for like reds, like Pinot Noir, Merlot, Cabernet, or get into like really funky varietals like uh, Frappata or, uh, you know, Sangiovese, uh, you know, Montepulciano's or uh, for Fuller, like Primitivos and Negromaros or something like that, right? We kind of just, we just, we, and then we have a section that we have islands that are um, spe- spe- specify like regions, right? Like Chile, Argentina, Portugal, Spain, um, um, American whites, American reds, Italian and French. And then we, about eight months ago, we, we had a, another, a new, we added a new island that specializes in uh, women-owned wineries, Black-owned wineries, um, um, LGBTQ wineries, uh, right? Or brands. And um, so we, we do that. But we always, we, so I worked in Baltimore retail restaurants, um, you know, for like, 20, I'm 31, so like 10 years now, I started around like I was 20, 21. Um, and nowhere out of the work, you, you really seen Black-owned wineries, right? And it, I don't think that it was intentional. I just think that it wasn't represented, right? Um, so we, when we opened up, we were like, yo, what? I hit up all the reps. I'm like, yo, dig into your portfolio. What do you have? What do you, who, what do you have in Maryland, right, that, 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 that was black, it is Black-owned, right? What's available? And whatever was available, right, literally whatever was available, I put it on the shelf, 100%. And then over the last year, you see more and more uh, pop up. And yeah, they, they call on my phone like, Gerald, <laughs> we, we got this available. I'm like, yeah, just, just send it over. Bring a sample bottle and bring, let's get a few cases in the, in the door, you know? Um, so yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly how we do business is this, that um, we, we're, not, we're not favoring any region uh, we're not favoring any distributor or importer. We're just looking for the best quality product that we can bring to our shop. So we show everybody love, right? Um, if it's great, we, we got you, right? What was the, um, I'm curious to hear what was the distributor's reaction in the beginning mm. when you were like, bring me some local stuff, bring me some black owned stuff. Yeah. Were yeah. They, so uh, were they open to it? I mean, so I think you have to be open. You're making your money, but you make your money by selling stuff. So you're just like, I think they were like, yo, whatever you need, I can I can get it for you. But a lot of these relationships I already had. So a lot of the reps, and distributors, and importers that we work with at our shop, I've worked with them in the past, right? So now we're just on the other other end of the table that I, I own the space, right? Before I was a buyer, right? So I was working, but we work with a budget, right? You work with whatever the owner, hey, can we bring this in? I don't know, right? Um, and that's totally fine, but as an owner, you, you have free range, right? So I'm calling these cats, like, hey, what's up, Gerald? Hey, we got a new spot over here, man. I need you to come by, let's talk about some things. And then usually we're, we're talking and we're like, yo, this is what we're looking for. Um, you know, usually for reps, I don't, I don't take walk-in for reps. You have to set an appointment or I get free range on Mondays for like five hours. Anybody can come in and talk to me. Um, but usually it's important. So when I give that free range, you got to come with something I want to buy, right? Something I want. You can't come in with no crap because you wasted your time. 
right? So if I told you something in the in the past, hopefully you take good notes, right? You, you got to impress me, right? You got to come and say like, hey, this is what we have. This is what we have, you know, for sale. And this is this is new, Gerald. This just got cleared, and you, you can buy it and or whatever, whatever. So you know, um, I don't, I don't. I guess now is intentional, right? Now is intentional in the fact that reps uh, for distributors or, or owners of importers and so on and so on, when they get these things that I that I want, especially like if it's like black owned something like that, because I want to represent it as far as getting getting some um, shelf life, right? They call me. They say, "Hey, Joe, we we have this. Um, do you want to try it? Do you, are you interested in bringing it in?" And that's that's probably probably the first call that they make, and there's nothing wrong with that because I told them that's what I want, right? Um, for instance, like D Wade sellers or Wade sellers, Dwayne Wade's wine, um, you're probably starting to see it more and more, right? But at first, I think I want to say about seven years ago, I think when the when the when the brand uh became, all right, um, they usually were just selling it in China, right? So um out of Napa Valley, um, they were focusing on China for sales, right? I guess like the rollout was mostly overseas, and um when it it just it just got to Maryland maybe a month or two ago, and the rep for the distributor um, called me and said, "Hey, Gerald, we look, we we want you to be the first one to have." I'm like, "You already know, because cause that's what that's what we want. We're not unapologetic about it, you know. We're not apologetic about it, but it's like we're unapologetic about it. But it's like, hey, we we like everything, but we want to give some light to to our black owned um, wineries and and, and brands, hundred percent." So I have a question about how you became a buyer. Can you tell us that story? Like, how do you even mm-hmm. get into that? Yeah, um, working, working, right? So, you know, you start, I think, so my, my, my first job was I was, a, I was a bartender, right? I think one of my first jobs, maybe, maybe I was a bar back. Let's be, let's be real. I was washing the dishes, right? I was, I was doing whatever the bartender needed me to do. Um, but then your next step, you will be either a server or a bartender, right? Um, you'll do that. And then uh, with that position, you start to understand product and, and I start working retail, you understand more product, right? You understand pricing and costs and, um, you know, so on and so on. And then I think just kept building up, right? Just working. I, I think for one, one part of my life, I probably like for two years, I probably worked every single day. I literally, like I had two jobs, and I worked every day. I didn't need a break, right? I, I had a newborn child. Uh, so he's, he'll be seven. Yep, he'll be seven this year. So yeah, about, so about seven years ago, I worked almost every day, right? So I learned a lot. Like I, I was already learning, but that for, that for like two years, man, it was like 10 years, right? Because I, I just sprouted, right? Because I was like, all right, so I really understand. I'm actually good at this, right? So and, and that was every single day. I don't think I took holidays off. I would work holidays, right? I worked at the airport uh, at one point in time. This was maybe a little after that, but um, they, they worked on holidays too, right? Every, they didn't close, right? Um, and same thing for retail. Retail don't close. They just close a little early, right? So I, I, I would not go to Thanksgiving. I would not go to New Year's Eve parties. And I didn't really care because I, I had a goal. I had a vision. And this, this is what happened after that so you always knew that you wanted to open up your own shop yeah i think it was a, it was a bar at first okay it, it was it was like it was like i want to open up a bar a local bar in my neighborhood and just do like some really cool like cafe style vibe it just you know like i, I don't know I'm, I'm a fan of brooklyn restaurants and bars 
mm-hmm. like Bet and Best Eye and and, uh, and all those neighborhoods. And they like just really cool spaces. And um, and I was like, uh, that's what I want to do in Baltimore. But then it turned into more so retail in a sense. Um, we thought it was safer. Um, we didn't really listen to a lot of uh, a lot of uh, advice, right? But the advice we always heard was like, yo, you're going to fail in a year if you open a bar or you're going to fail in a year if you open a restaurant, right? Because it's high turnover rate. It's facts. The restaurants and bars are high turnover rates. Cats get in and they out six, 12 months. They're done. So we, we thought that retail was a little safer. And we have an experience. Like my family, and I always say this, my family's always, they were entrepreneurs all the time. So either they own like convenience stores or arcade. My grandma's all own arcades or uh, bars or, you know, whatever it was, it was something that they were, my family was always doing. Um, so we kind of knew like, all right, so this is probably a little safer, at least, at least get us in the door and actually figure things out at our own pace, you know? So how did you figure out what your customer base would be? Did you, um, cause you said you didn't do a lot of like marketing. You didn't spend a whole lot of uh, resources on that. Like, mm-hmm. so how did you get your customers? Uh, I think just the genuine. So we obviously we have Instagram, social media, stuff like that. Um, I've been in the industry for a good time as well. So you know, if I post on my personal page, people are like, oh, Gerald finally opened up the space or whatever. So they, they they're there supporting, that they're reposting, they're telling their friends, they're coming down, and so on and so on, right? So we're from East Baltimore. Our shop is in East Baltimore, so our roots are here. So I think people just, like I said, genuinely support, right? And um. And I, I think that our product, so again, I said I, I wasn't focusing on things that just will sell. I focused on things I actually liked, right? And I could sell to the customer. So we, 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 we shy away from a lot of big brands, but we, we have comparable items and I think better quality items. So we don't do like the Kendall Jacksons and uh, we don't do a lot of, like we, we have like Josh, but it's in a section called the known section where you can, you know it, so you can buy it. But, you know, we, we, we compare those items. So we have like uh, Kim Crawford, that's in the known section, but we also have like Sandy Cove, which we really love. And you should buy that one, right? So stuff like that, um, we kind of like uh, compare. So we don't do like the barefoot or the yellowtails. And again, nothing's wrong with those items, but we just don't sell them. Um, we'll order them for you, but we, we, don't, we don't push them, right? We, we'll push something else, a small production of family-owned winery, smaller, uh, you know, maybe we try to focus on sustainable and organic. We have a lot of low-intervention wines as well. Um, just clearing things, things that, you know, when I come home from a, a day and I want to have one, two, three, four glasses of wine and I wake up and I'm totally fine, right? Because all the chemicals and that give me all these headaches and hangovers, right? So that's, that's kind of our thing. I love that. So um, I didn't realize that you guys were like a, a hybrid between like a like a wine bar and and mm-hmm. retail. Do you have like um, events like um, wine clubs or anything mm-hmm. classes like that? Yeah, yeah. So uh, again, the evolution of Off the Rocks has been has been crazy. We went through so many phases. Um, so early on, we started. We had we had classes. We would hook up with friends in the area, like Nicole uh, Rodriguez. Uh, which is a good friend, and she would do some classes at our shop for us, and we would always do tastings. We did tastings every Thursday, Friday, Saturday for the first uh, year and a half of the shop. Like we wouldn't miss a beat. We would we would rock out 
and if, if I didn't have someone like a rep coming in doing the tasting, I would do it myself. And uh, we were, we were truly like a learning shop. We wanted everybody to try the items before they bought them. Right. And if you would come to, and some people would come to every single tasting. And if you came to every single tasting, you would actually try everything in the shop. Right. One week you we will have it on the shelf, but we'll just try it out with the local importer rep. And um, so now it's a little different. Um, obviously, COVID is different. We don't have as many uh, tables in the shop as we once did. Um, we had like um, bar stools and um, high tops in the, in the shop. Uh, it's a little different now, but we have tables outside uh, when the weather's great. Um, we always do the, have you know, serve outside, serve by the glass. We can purchase the bottle as well. Um, we also uh, do uh, ticketed tastings. Um, we have we're connected to a, a, a an apartment building, so we're underneath. We're a tenant there, and we have we host rooftop tastings, right? So, which is pretty cool. And you can buy a ticket, and we have we we could we pair with a great uh, chef, an, a local chef, um, and we have a local importer or rep come in, and we host it. And I think it's phenomenal. It's um, we have another one this Thursday. We have uh, Chef Cat, which is a local popular chef. She's awesome, great food, great person. And then we have uh, Kelly McNeil, who works for uh, Well Crafted, and she'll be there. Uh, well Crafted is an importer distributor, and she'll be there um, directing the wine. So it's awesome. We have great, great vibes, great food, uh, great music, and we have a good time. We learn a lot and we drink a lot. So that's good. That is amazing. So yeah. In- oh, thank you. She is amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she's awesome. Yeah. She's awesome. I was going to ask some, but I forgot. I'm getting old. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you, you just need a, need a glass of wine, right? That's I wish I could. I'm <laughs> detoxing. I'm on a... Okay, awesome, awesome. A 10-day yeah. tea. I just like... Heck yeah, heck yeah, heck yeah. That's phenomenal. So what's the most valuable lesson you've learned so far like if you had to look back and talk to your 2018 person who opened mm-hmm. it up what would you what would you tell them um i guess i don't know that's, that's a good question i think maybe maybe hire people right maybe trust the fact to hire someone i think that we were so afraid to hire someone and maybe have that person where we're not there to mess it up, mess up a relationship, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe not conduct great customer service. Uh, maybe not represent the shop as we, we want it to be. We worked every day for a year. And, and for the first for the first two or three months, I actually was still working restaurants. I don't know if I'm posting. I don't know if that's, I, that's probably okay. I don't know if it's illegal or not. I don't know. I was still, I had, I had another job, right? I had another job. I would work three days a week while I was, while we had the shop and my wife was in the health field. She worked for Hopkins um, and she, and she was full-time, right? Um, and she would come in uh, a few days after work, right? Um, when I wasn't there, um, we would switch off, right? But literally we, we grind it out. So I would, I would say that maybe we didn't understand that we could afford someone as well. Um, but looking back at it, we could we definitely could afford to hire a couple people, but we just we just you know I guess ignorance that we just rocked out for the first year nonstop, and and my family helped us a lot because we had two kids. Our family, we had a big family in Baltimore, and they would they would always uh, chip in to 
provide care um, as far as watching the kids uh, or taking the kids on vacation while we were working and so on and so on. So that's the only way this shop uh, got off the ground is because of family. And like you said, your question was, um, uh, what would you tell yourself uh, three years ago is hire somebody, get some help. <laughs> All right. So you use the um, term rocked out or rock out a little consistent consistently in, <laughs> when you talk so is yeah. that how you or that is that how the name off the rocks came into existence or where did off the rocks come from because i when i think off the rocks I, there's two things i can mm. i think okay you very seldom put wine or you shouldn't be putting wine or beer um, rocks in the glass unless you're mm-hmm. making cocktails with them mm-hmm. or you know you say off the rocks and they're like well I'm gonna make a cocktail but it's gonna be off the rocks so how did you come up with that or, yeah, yeah no I, I think I think that's great you're, you're right um so the first uh part you made was uh uh you don't put usually you don't put ice in wine or beer uh 100% we pay off of that but uh my family name so um my dad's side of the family last name is rocks r-o-x um, so we, we we played off that shout out to the Roxes, right um we, we played off of that and um so rox is a family name but again to your point you don't put ice usually right i, I don't mind right. Look, if it's a hot day and I'm, I'm 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 choosing wine over water i'm gonna throw a couple cubes in my pinot grigio my sauvignon blanc and, and you know what i mean it just get a little a little get, get a little colder and just kind of chug it a little bit right but um but to that point, you usually don't. You're right. Okay. Cool. I love it. Um, so I have a, like a final series question. Like what advice mm-hmm. would you give somebody who is trying to open up a wine shop or a wine bar? Yeah, I think, um, I guess don't be afraid. I think a lot of people have great ideas to do these things and they kind of set themselves out and they over plan. Um, you, you can plan as much as you want but you really won't see what you have to do until you're in it, right? Because it's a forever changing industry, right? So you gotta keep up with it. You gotta, uh, you know, get your skin in the game. You, you can't just keep planning, just actually go do it, right? And figure it out. And, uh, you know, like I said, um, try to build a good team around you. And um, yeah, just trust the process, I guess. Um, I would say that, yeah, but yeah, just don't be afraid to, to do it. Just, just go ahead and do it and figure it out, you know? I do have a question, but I'll wait till we start recording. Okay. <laughs> 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 okay, so the next part um, of our show is a, like, uh, it's a little random. It's a little fun just to get to know you a little bit better. So the first question is, okay, so this is our money question. So every episode we give a dollar amount and we say, what would you do with this money? And mm. so guys, we are up to $50,000. Awesome. If you had $50,000, <laughs> what would you do with it? Oh, if I had $50,000 now, what would I do with it? Probably invest into a business, right? I think that, um, mm. We will, we will find something out. We will figure it out. We will take that money and invest it into off the rock some way, or maybe try to purchase a building. I think that's our goal is to have mm-hmm. a building of our own. We love the space that we're in now. We're just, this, this is pretty small for us right now. Kind of outgrew it. 
Um, but yeah, I would I would I would take the fifty thousand. I would try to invest it back into off the rocks by property. Mm-hmm. Very smart. Mm. Leslie and Glennis, what about y'all? I should be ready for this question because I know it's coming, <laughs> but I'm never really ready for this question. I have to say the same thing. So what I'm gonna say today is if you need an investor, Gerald, I would take my fifty thousand to help you invest to buy that building. How about that? Oh, one hundred percent. That's awesome. Oh, I see you. Heck yeah! Heck yeah! Yeah. <laughs> I would take my fifty thousand and set up a legal defense fund mm. for any woman in Texas or practitioner mm. who would offer wow. abortion because mm. I am done. State of Texas. That's awesome. <sighs> yeah. That's awesome. That's yeah, that, that's, that's another whole podcast. In yeah, itself. that's definitely yeah. a whole another podcast. <laughs> yeah. Ironically, I'm I'm doing a um a Texas tasting on um next Monday. <laughs> uh, you know we are gonna do this. This is my first time tasting te- Texas wine. So oh, did you guys get into like McPherson? You have McPherson cellars in there. Uh-uh, um, I'm not familiar. Which, which is, it's, I don't know what part of Texas. Mm-hmm. Well, where, wherever Texas A and M is, I don't know where Texas A and M is. Okay, but wherever, wherever. That's, that's College Station. College Station. So it's it's not too far from College Station. As uh, I met Kim McPherson, who's the owner, and he he mentioned that they're not too far from Texas A and M, but the wine was pretty good. I think his daughter's mm-hmm. doing a lot of low intervention wines right now. Very clean wines, but I thought it was—I thought it was good wine. Okay. You, do you do you know you know if you ever need useless random facts, please come stand next to me. Um, but Texas is the fifth largest producer of grapes in the United States. Oh, I believe it. I believe mm-hmm. it. Right. I, I think it's phenomenal. I think that um, I don't I know maybe you can tell me, but I, I would figure that the soil and the the humidity is very similar to like. Maybe like a Washington State, not like desert style land, maybe, and not a lot of water, or you know, it kind of, kind of help produce great grapes there. Um, and I'll I'll say this because I, I, yep. Oh I'm no, go say. ahead. Yeah, no, I was thinking because I was, you know, you look at I, I've never really been in Texas. I've been to Houston. I don't know if that's considered like, you know, it's, it's no wine probably in, in in hours in that area, but. I've been to Washington State, and as far as like desert land, Washington State is is that right? But they they have massive land of uh, of crop and almost anything, right? Not just grapes, but almost anything. And I would think that maybe it's pretty similar. I would say it's it's so not all, but a lot of growing area in Texas is like in between San Antonio and Dallas, like where you would fly in there mm-hmm. and. Some of it is dry, but you'd be surprised that some areas are a little lush. Okay. In that area, and and uh, the Texas grape growers supply a lot of the grapes for like Denver and in mm. that Midwest area. Oh, awesome! The growing season isn't as long, but I mean they mm-hmm. have. I mean, just like with any region, there's some really good wine, mm-hmm. and then there's some that you could pass on. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. You're 100% right. Sorry. But, you know, a lot like, 
like Leslie was saying, I'm coming into this conversation towards the end. But um, Texas is a lot of it is a, a lot of wetlands too. That's why Houston floods so much. And then you got the river that goes through um, like that San Antonio area. So the ground stays very, very saturated. Mm. You have that issue, but then you, it's like, it's topography is really interesting because then you get up into Dallas and then it frosts very easily in that Mm. Texas. So that helps. Do they make any ice wine? Mm, That's a good question. That's a very good question. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I found this list of things that are found in Baltimore. So y'all give me the yay or nay for each of these items that I'm going to name. And if you don't know what they are, I'm sure that Gerald or myself can tell you. Oh, Gerald, um, I went to Morgan State. Stand oh, up. phenomenal. Coppin State. I went to Coppin State. Me and Ty oh, went to Coppin State. Nice. Yeah, HBC. Yep, yep. Heck yeah. Well, I graduated from there, but I played ball somewhere else. But I finished up my degree, says Gerald Cole, Coppin State University. Yes, sir. I love 100%. it. 100%. Yep, yep. All right. So number one, Blue Crab. Yes. It, yes. Uh, yes. 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 Okay. Um. Second one, snowballs. Oh yes. Yeah. Don't pink things. No, no. <laughs> it's just like a um. How would you describe it, Gerald? Just like a snow cone in a cup. Yeah. Yep, like a snow cone. Shaved oh, ice. Snow right? It's just like shaved ice. Yeah. yeah. Oh, say, oh, a snow cone. Yeah. I yeah. thought you were talking about, a, you know, the snowball was used to be that little piece of cake. Yeah. With the oh, no, not that. <laughs> I was like, yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. In Baltimore, yeah. they put them in styrofoam cups and call them oh. snowballs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. I've never had this before. Smith Island cake. No, what's what's okay. Smith? I, I, maybe I've heard. I don't think so. What's Smith, Smith Island, Island cake? cake? Hold on, let me Google it. I thought you know yeah, let's, Smith let's Island cake. Okay, so it's just layers oh. of um yellow moist cake and homemade fudge frosting. Right. Oh, so I definitely but the had layers that. are real thin. Oh yeah, I've had it. So I I guess I didn't know the term of it, but okay. oh yeah, I love that style cake. So I say yes. Yes to me too. It looks good. I'm gonna have to take you. I'm gonna let, let y'all try <laughs> first. So that's it right there. Oh yeah. Yeah, I've, uh-huh. I've had, yeah, I've had that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Pit beef. Oh yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's 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 not something I eat every day, but when I do, it definitely so my, my cousin's a chef. He cooks really great pit beef, but um you know, popular chaps pit beef, wrap the roll beef. Chaps is awesome. Oh yeah, I would have pit beef. I thought you said good beef. I was like, what is that? But yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm a fan of pit beef. I don't have a clue of what it is. Um, Can y'all describe it for Glennis? Don't, oh, don't. Yeah, it's kind of like again, it's in a it sense, it's like bar- barbecue, barbecue beef. Yeah. Right. right. I mean that's. That's kind of you probably have your roast beef sandwich. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's but it's Baltimore a, style. Yeah, Baltimore yeah. style. Okay. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Is it, it then? You know, it's funny. And uh, on Google, when you Google and you scroll down, it's the question is: Is pit beef a Baltimore thing? <laughs> yeah. 
interesting. Okay, I'm learning something. Something, okay. something. Okay, next one, burger cookies. What? That's a new one for me in the last like maybe one? 10 years. Okay, well, like I last even... 10 years. Okay, I so even I saw I this on the Food Network. Yeah, I didn't grow up eating burger cookies, but as an adult, I was introduced to burger cookies and I, I thought it was really awesome. Is it yeah, B-E-R-G-E-R? Or yeah. Like a, yep. Okay, yeah. Burger cookies, okay. You, If you go to... um, It's a German immigrant. Uh, the gas station has them a lot. Um, really? The with the with the blue and they sells the chicken. Oh, Royal Farms. Royal Farms. Royal Farms got burger, burger cookies. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't burger be surprised. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, they also it, it's a cake that it's a pie a local pie shop near my house that does like a burger cookie. It's called the Baltimore Pie. They just put burger cookies on top of it, so it's wow. pretty good. <laughs> wow! <laughs> I was like, yeah. Okay, if you don't know what a burger cookie is, it's just like a basic like cookie, mm-hmm. but it's like smothered with like chocolate icing. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. They're good. All right. What's the next one? Here we go. Netty Bow. Oh yeah. I mean, you. That's like one mm-hmm. of the first beers you ever have. Like <laughs> Natty Bow. Right. Um, but you know, a fun fact though, Natty Bow has been out of Baltimore for like 30 plus years. Yes, right. Really? You know, yeah, it's, it's a Milwaukee company owns it. Uh and yeah, it's not produced here, but like 95 of the percent of the sales of Natty Bow is in Maryland. I believe it. Really? So it's it's, it's still very Baltimore, but it's just not produced here. Hmm. It's like freaking flip. What'd you say? <laughs> yeah, like. It will tear up your stomach. I am with oh, you. Yeah. I've never oh, had horrible. it before. It's horrible beer. <laughs> yeah. It's horrible. Yeah. But it's Baltimore. It feels Baltimore, though, yeah. right? Just, <laughs> 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 All right. Next one is Lake Trout. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Lake Trout, Lake Trout. Oh, yeah. yeah. You grew up on that. Right? This is awesome. Fried yeah. fish. It's great. Yeah. Yep. And it's cheap. And it's dirt cheap. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I saw this on the list. I don't know if it's like a real Baltimore thing, but Akati. What's that? So all it is is potatoes and cod. It's supposed to be like a poor man's um crab cake. So you take it's mostly like like white fish yeah. and oh, potatoes yeah, yeah, yeah. and a patty. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. yeah. I've had fish, yeah, fish cakes, yeah. So, yeah. 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 I, make out of cod. Yeah. I guess I never never called it that but yeah 100 percent. yep fish cake hot cake yep okay all right uh chicken box oh the the originators right i think baltimore termed that 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 term right the chicken box the 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 four wings fried rice salt pepper ketchup hot sauce yes (laughs) (laughs) it's like the worst thing you could do as an athlete but we would eat it almost every day at the practice in in high school oh my god yeah, you burn it. You burn it off the next day. You're, you're okay. Oh my goodness! Imagine, <laughs> imagine doing that now. Can you? Oh, imagine? it's hard. Well, I, I could not. I could not do that now. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that's what it was called. Yeah. Would you say? I didn't know that was the name of it. Oh, I didn't chicken? know exactly that mm-hmm. it was chicken. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, and Morgan, we used to um, we used to get our chicken boxes from Sunny's. Oh, mm-hmm. it's. it's Famous Baltimore Sunnies, right? Yes, yes. Heck yes. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. All right, so last one, crab cakes. Oh, yes. Of oh, course. Yeah. 
I think yeah. Boston, I, I was in Virginia, uh, this was years ago, and they were like, hey, we created crab cakes. And they, mm. they had, a, had a good story about it. And I say, okay, maybe you, maybe you did. I don't know, maybe. But it's Baltimore made it popular, mm. right? Baltimore is the crab cake place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I don't prefer crab cakes over crabs, but I'll eat it if it's there. It's something I never order from a restaurant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it, I think you have to be discerning when you order mm. from. Yeah, I have re- to know it's good. Mm. Yeah, I have to see it because I don't want a whole bunch of filler, uh, mm-hmm. a whole yeah. bunch of grades. I, uh, uh, God, yeah. you got yeah. it. You got it. I'm telling you, because <laughs> 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 it will go back. It will right. go back to my own. Right. <laughs> I have no problem. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, Gerald, this was a fantastic conversation. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Um, this was this was great. I look forward to it. And, uh, yeah, this was great. Anytime you guys want to talk wine with, uh, you know, Baltimore retailer. We got to come hey. see you in Baltimore. Oh, yeah, most hey, definitely. Anytime, guys. Um, uh, I, I can shoot my personal. I don't think you have my personal contact, but... um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anytime you're, you know, you're in the area, let me know. I'll make my business to host you guys at the shop. And um, I think it'd be great. We can have a couple glasses nice. of wine. Nice. Yeah. Can you tell the listeners where they can find you on social yep. media handles? Yep. Uh, so you can find us at Off the Rocks, and that's O-F-F-T-H-E-R-O-X. Um, we also, our physical store is in Southeast Baltimore in the Hollandtown neighborhood on the corner of Eastern and Clinton. Um, so we're we're located um, for you know the Baltimore people, right? Um, a old famous German restaurant was called the Hausners, right? Um, so the Hausners was a long running German restaurant. I think maybe they exceeded fifty years of operation, and uh, so now Hausners no longer there, but it's a it's an apartment building, and we're at the bottom of that apartment building. Okay, outstanding. All right. So that. That's Instagram and Facebook, right? Off the Rocks. Yes. Yep. Off the Rocks. Yep. Thank you for coming and being here. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for taking the time. We know you are busy and Thanks for joining the Swirl Suite, everybody. We hope you enjoyed this episode with us and Gerald. Don't forget to follow Off The Rocks on all social media. And don't forget to follow us either at Swirl Suite or follow us individually. Vino 301, Vino Noir, Girl Meets Glass, find me up. Have a great week. Cheers.